so hi guys, thank you very much for uh, agreeing to be on the Practical Worker podcast. It's uh, it's fantastic that you're here. And um, Fred, uh, Fred Huard, I've um, I've known you for quite a while. And uh, and Marie Roy, thank you very much as well. The uh, so you guys have been in family law for well, Fred, you've been in it for forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fifteen years or so. Fifteen years, wow. And then and you just got called to the bar. Yeah, a year and a half now, approximately, give or take. Uh, but I've been working with Frederick for, what, the past three years, four years? Yes, fantastic. You didn't get scared off by all the uh, <laughs> wonderful clients you guys have. and uh, I actually fell in love with family law while I started practicing here, well, just as a student, and yeah. then I decided to continue a career in that particular aspect of law. That's awesome. And did not switch to real estate or nothing like that yet. <laughs> huh, that's amazing. What was it about family law that made you so um, attracted to it? I always wanted to find a, a career in something that I would find that I helped people people in yeah. some way. Um, science was not my forte, so I did not become a doctor. Yeah. So I tried to find the next best thing for me was becoming a lawyer. Yeah. And when I started practicing family law, I, I saw that I could do an impact uh, in someone's life personally, um, hopefully positive, and yeah. try to help them in an already difficult situation and try to bring it as easy as possible. That's um, awesome. Yeah. yeah, I don't see a lot of young female lawyers getting involved in family law, so it's a bit of a difference, which is amazing that you're, that you're coming in to do that. It's... Um, and I've heard great things about you and your clients and being really happy and uh, and taking care of them. That's, it's amazing. We're trying. Yeah. And Fred, what was it? How did you get into family law? What was your journey? Because you do families and real estate and wills, right? You do a couple of things. Correct. Um, hmm. Oh, my God. It's been so long. Um, essentially, uh, I I decided to uh, article at uh, Vincent Fagenet Gibson initially. Uh, I had a... A variety of files I was handling, uh, mm. you know, civil litigation matters, uh, some uh, wills and estate stuff, and uh, I guess there was a lot of family law mm. that uh, that needed to be done. And right. I started doing that, and uh, and uh, the clients just kept coming. So yeah. as I sort of, uh, yeah. it's a growth uh, industry. It, it, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, really, <laughs> no. And it's a, it's a, it's an area where 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 people have. Uh, a variety of needs mm-hmm. at different uh, s- stages of their lives. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you, you can be uh, just getting into a, a relationship. Uh, anytime mm-hmm. there's uh, any imbalance in terms of, uh, you know, uh, the, mm-hmm. uh, the the assets that uh, that the respective parties might have, then you might want to consider uh, um, entering into a cohabitation agreement. Uh, mm-hmm. That same agreement can turn into a, a marriage contract, uh, um, and then. Uh, Sadly, sometimes relationships mm-hmm. don't work out, and then you have to figure out what you do about it. I've yeah. uh, uh, been doing it for quite a while. I try to stay very level-headed in all of this and not get involved in the, in people's uh, conflict. Right. Essentially, right? You have to be the, that level-headed, uh, mm-hmm. you know, voice of reason. Yeah. Uh, it's not always easy. Uh, there's uh, you're dealing with conflict. You're dealing with. Uh, uh, different personalities mm-hmm. uh, in terms of clients, but also different personalities uh, in dealing with other lawyers too. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. In the end, you you have to remember uh, who you're working for. Essentially, you work for your client, and you try to do the best you can to yeah. get them as as you said through a very difficult uh, situation. Absolutely, we find that a lot in the mortgage industry that clients <coughs> going through separation were part like therapists to them, and so I'm sure you guys must be that to an extent, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even a bigger degree than uh, than what we see. And then said sometimes even people uh, will, will will come to us and you know uh, need to confide in uh, mm-hmm. in someone about what what they're going through. Yeah. So a lot of it is uh, is really uh, lining them up in terms of mm-hmm. you know what's what's relevant to our specific area yeah. of uh, of uh, of practice mm-hmm. uh, and also guiding them to to other professionals when when they they need that help. Right. Sometimes they need an accountant. Sometimes uh, they, they they need uh, you know help uh, dealing you know dealing with the difficult issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, some sometimes uh, par- parenting issues, psychological issues. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's really um, have to listen mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you have to listen and uh, and uh, not rush to uh, to conclusions. Sometimes mm-hmm. just you know really think about. Things and help people think through their right. their, their own issues too. So uh, you know where the end is. You just got to help them guide them. Because the I find sometimes clients don't look at the big picture. Yeah. They just see the problem in front of them and they don't try to see past it. Right. So I think we need to help them guide them to see exactly that bigger picture and right. where 
this should yeah. be going towards and if there's children involved not yeah. to forget about them and right. what they're feeling how do you see yourself I've said this to a lot of clients I said how do you see yourself five years from now after this mm-hmm. divorce exactly what does that look like and they're like oh blah 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 I'm like okay so does this really matter that he went out with this girl right I'm like okay you know it sucks yes yeah. but you know you got to think farther down the road exactly and I think family law is evolving too uh, there's a uh, you know, the, the Department of Justice has uh, sort of launched this re- review of, of uh, family law. They're trying mm-hmm. to see what they can do to, you know, improve things yeah. uh, in the courts and uh, Department of Justice and uh, different groups have been working on, on moving away from, from this custody access approach mm-hmm. and, 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 and looking at parenting time so, so that family law files don't... Uh, don't um, sort of, you know aren't focused uh, around uh, finding a winner and a loser you know, right. in terms of disputes. So so it's a more holistic approach where we're saying well, hmm. we've got a child or children. Um, the parents are separating. You know before the parents separated, yeah. this was a family, and they you know the, yeah. the, these kids' needs uh, were, were were looked after by by, by two parents living right. in one home. Now you have to take those two parents and put them in two different homes, two different settings, yeah. and then try to see like to see what, what would be in the best interest of, of these children in terms of sharing time and right. and apportioning uh, the assets of yeah. the family too. So that's that's a very um, interesting change yeah. uh, I find at this point where where you know we, we family law lawyers have to look look at family law files less mm-hmm. as uh, you know opportunities for dispute and much more opportunities for solutions right try to bring down the conflict right absolutely well aren't they um aren't they mandating now that they the the clients look through different uh, like all the different alternatives you know between mediation and collaborative law and um mediation collaborative you got there's about four or five different steps that they try to people through now they won't obligate you well mm-hmm. they'll if you decide to start uh, proceeding in court they'll yeah. mandatory you to go to a MIP which is a session where they inform you about the other okay. type of things that you could do in mediation and all of that yeah. um, but it's not you're not obligated to take part in mediation okay. it's recommended uh, we recommend it to our client or at least do a forward meeting so at least there's discussion Session. to be done before yeah. we go full on to court right um, but so what are those al- options we got Mediation. Um, what are the other ones available? For uh, with with lawyers or without? Lawyers? Either or. Like so, customers that are a lot of times, I get clients that come into my office and they know they're headed for a separation, um, and they're like, "What do you guys? What do, you, what do I recommend?" And I obviously recommend lawyers that like you guys that are not geared just to make a conflict. You're geared to a solution. Mm-hmm. But a lot, of, unfortunately, a lot of lawyers aren't that way, right? Um, it's getting better, which is awesome. But so are there are other. There, me- mediation is a great one. There's also mm-hmm. the, um, like, we do four-week meetings. I don't mm-hmm. think all law firms offer that, but basically lawyers and clients meet together at one firm. Okay. And you can also have two rooms. So yeah. if they don't want to be in the same room, they don't have to. But yeah. at least there's more of a dialogue. Okay. And instead of exchanging a thousand letters, yeah. you get things <laughs> going forward quickly. It, it is a big day or a half a day, yeah. but it gets things done a lot quicker. Uh, um, so explain that. I don't. I haven't heard a lot about this. So it's a, you call it a forward meeting where you get both parties sounds like in the same building yes yeah. <laughs> essentially yeah and with the lawyers present so sometimes if the parties are able to be in the same room there's mm. a dialogue that happens and with the lawyers when the motion gets too high the lawyers are there to to get back to what's the issue what's right. the legal issue yeah. what are we talking about we're we talking yeah. about two bucks or are yeah. we talking about a thousand dollars like yeah. there's a difference right yeah. and to bring it back to it be a bit more logical mm. and less emotional right. to find a solution yeah. Um, again, we represent our clients, so there's not there's that sometimes that barrier. So that's why people move towards a mediation. Mm-hmm. They prefer having a mediator there okay. to um, help with the discussion. Yeah. Um, so there's a neutral and it's sort of both parties. Yes, and exactly. At the four way, it's more just both parties with yeah. their own cl- uh, lawyer. It has to be a right a right setting. So when yeah. it's a setting where there's violence in the relationship, of course, no. then that would no. be the proper uh, yeah. way to do it. Even I don't know if mediation. They would also say, uh, I know there's training for a mediator now for that kind mm-hmm. of. Uh, well, there's ways of doing it, but uh, you know when when you you have you're dealing with cl- with uh, clients where 
where there's violence involved, it makes makes it a yeah. lot trickier to, to, to actually make make a make a mediation work. Uh, um, you know, I, I've been involved in uh, in a few situations where we had to sort of shut down a mediation where mm. the, the you know the tension was just too high, uh, outbursts, or uh, even one mm. one one instance where you know a poli- police authority, you know. Uh, the police had to be uh, called mm. there to, to into the mediation. Yeah, wow. The, the incident that ended the mediation. So yeah. that's very unfortunate, yeah. and uh, obviously you don't want that. But it just shows that uh, you know, like our role is very important in yeah. trying to get get issues resolved, so, so sure. that people people can move on, and then yeah. the, the kids that are living with these parties that are having con- con- conflictual relationships, uh, you know, um, you know, find a way to. To bring the relationship to an end in a, you know, in a coherent and uh, yeah. an orderly way. Right. But one one of the things I wanted to say about both mediation and four way meetings and any of these meetings <clears throat> is that it's always good to um, to make sure all of the disclosure, all of the documents that you need to, to try to, to have yeah. a, a, like a, a useful discussion mm-hmm. are are actually like um, shared. In advance, so so that you come, you know, you you come to, to the table with with the, the right tools to try yeah. to find a solution. Yeah. There's, no, there's nothing more frustrating yeah. than being in a meeting and saying, "Well, we'd love to agree, but we can't because yeah. there, there's some missing pieces here." Yeah. It's kind of like a mm-hmm. like a plumber going going to work without his tools. For like, sure, you know, it's, you know yeah. he'd be the right guy to do the job, but yeah. he, like the paperwork is half the battle, right? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So. <clears throat> that's very important, and uh, I think there there needs to be ongoing education on that, where where people need to make sure they're they're organized. You know, sometimes we we find people that are coming into negotiations or separating, and they they haven't done their taxes in three, four, or five years. Yeah. The, you know, the they they don't don't know about their finances. They don't know where they bank. They don't know what the, where their investments are. So 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 like it, it like it's a, it becomes like sometimes like mm. that this whole process of separating is a, is the first time these people actually come to terms yeah. with exactly you know what what their their financial circumstances are. Right. And just sometimes it's like you know if if they're people some sometimes people might not have budgeted their whole life and then they're they're forced to. To prepare a financial statement, and they right. they find, oh my God, like I, I've got so many debts, or yeah. I've got I've got these issues, and I, you know, we we have people sometimes that haven't haven't paid, uh, you know, utilities, or behind on utilities, yeah. so it's a, <laughs> you 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 know you're even behind on mortgages. Mm-hmm. So so it's a, what what I find is uh, family law sort of unearths all kinds of issues that yeah. people might have. Not not only uh, issues within their relationship, but mm-hmm. sometimes personal issues, uh, issues from dealing with their past, uh, right. re- relational issues, like all of these things. Right? It all comes up, and then mm-hmm. and then likewise, sometimes once people separate, then you know, uh, then they they kind of can can be, for some people it can become a new lease on on life kind of thing. Right. They, they take on like good habits and they they, they try to change and like all you know. So it, 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 it clearly, <coughs> uh, you know, separation is a very traumatic event and it, it changes people. Yeah. So sometimes it helps people on the positive side hit their reset button, right? And like right. Said, they take healthier habits and they're engaged more with their kids. And, and I was joking with a friend of mine that's divorced and I was poking fun at them. I'm saying, you know, it's easy to be a part-time parent and be exceptional every second week <laughs> versus yeah. dealing with the stress week to week, but we're just teasing them. Yeah. Um, it's funny you bring that up about things that you've never paid before. Um, my guest actually coming on next week is a lady named Deborah McDonald, and she has a whole um, coaching program, a book, um, a whole bunch of stuff about helping women, traditionally a little bit in older relationships, older demographics, mm-hmm. that might have been the spouse where the husband took care of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, they've never had a credit card in their life. They've had no credit. Um, completely, not, not the kept woman per se, but um, just have none of that experience. And so she walks clients through how to get the banking, how to pay bills. And uh, and it's really quite uh, quite surprising now in this day and age that a lot of people still don't know how to do any of that stuff. I think it's one part I've had to learn to have patience with mm-hmm. is to have patience with our clients who are not like yeah. when I send a financial statement and I get it back and it's not as 
complete mm-hmm. that it should be. Right. I had to learn to be like, well, it's not everybody who knows, who has that knowledge, and you have to go through those steps with them and take the time to actually explain them something that you take for granted mm-hmm. as understandable, right. that for them is not. Right. So I think it's important to remind yourself that not everybody mm-hmm. went through this or saw this financial statement a mm-hmm. thousand times if we do. Yeah. Um, there's like important elements that you have to uh, mm. educate them about to make sure. sure that they get the proper information mm. and know actually where to get that info. How mm. many times do we get clients who have no notice of assessment yeah. Yeah. and they don't even know what it is? Exactly. So you actually have to take the time to explain what the documents mm. and how to get it if they don't mm. have an online account and if they do, they don't how to get that online right. account to make everything else easier as we proceed in the mm. family law court because other government documents might be needed right. later on. So I think that was a learning curve for me. So if the clients came to you, I always like to put it back and to boil it down into the nuts and bolts of how does it help? You know, what is, what's in it for me? So what's in it for the clients, right? If they come to you prepared, so if they came to you with, with your most magical client, mm-hmm. it's in a binder, it's all organized, there's an engineer type mentality and labeled and going back five years of financials with bank statements highlighted and, you know, the most exceptional documents I've ever seen. How much would that save the client in, in lawyer fees, do you think? I think. Yeah. Well, like if, how you, fast if you put away the pleading part, yeah. make it, because that's a whole different thing. But for preparing, if we're preparing a financial statement and mm-hmm. everything is already in order, mm-hmm. I don't have to go through your files for two hours to mm-hmm. find one document. Yeah. It makes my life easier, in my opinion, and saves times and money for the client, yeah. definitely. Yes, and then and there's a requirement to uh, prepare a certificate of uh, financial mm-hmm. disclosure yeah. for the court. So, so. Essentially, whatever you're putting into a, a financial statement mm-hmm. uh, needs to be backed up with with uh, with the document right. with, to to prove that number. So obviously, uh, uh, it makes makes our life a lot easier in, in preparing that uh, that book, and that that can uh, can be used obviously in the context of, of court proceedings. If, mm-hmm. if if a matter is going to court, can be used in the context of mediation or forwarding right. any yeah. any type of discussion. But I just want wanted to mention that. <coughs> I find that uh, the whole education system mm-hmm. leading up to, you know, like right into high school and even into university right. does, doesn't even touch these, these issues of, uh, of, uh, of, of finances and the court system and all these things. So sometimes in life you, you, you sort of come across the issues mm-hmm. and then you, you, you learn about, about these areas yeah. of finances, like, uh, you know, how to, how to get a mortgage, mm-hmm. uh, how to buy a house, how to retain a, a real estate agent yeah. to, to, to help you find a house. Right. So these, these, these like basic life skills are never taught. Mm-hmm. And I guess the, you're expected to kind of, you know, le- learn it as you go along. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be a wonderful thing if, if, if there could at least be some, you know, course in high school or throughout, you know, like somewhere in the education system where people would, would be taught about these basic things, like once you start working, <laughs> then you'll receive a you'll receive a, a T four at the end of the year. You'll you'll be paid by, by way of a yeah. pay, pay paycheck. You know, sometimes you get like paid a life one hundred and one class, like yeah, a life one hundred and one class, yeah. right? <laughs> it just be a great these, title. Yeah. Anyway, you should, and it would mm-hmm. just. Uh, yeah, because you you find even as people come into university, they're mm-hmm. being handed like credit cards yeah. and be, be being given all kinds of credit facil- facilities, and uh, that that can really cause issues where people just don't understand what's going on with that, and they just like overspend, right? So I I think that would be a really good thing, and in the For same sure. way, there should be a course about the basic stuff about mm-hmm. you know the the court system, like yeah. well, what happens if you have a dispute with someone, or where do you go, like what are your options? Yeah, yeah. So just to, to 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 become better citizens, and I was just listening to this um, <clears throat> something on on the radio. They were talking about uh, other countries where they they're they're moving towards lowering the 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 age at which people can 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 vote. Yeah. And I think they 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 should you know maybe lower it to mm. sixteen. Some 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 people have even talked about lowering it to fourteen years wow. of age, where you, which might be a little bit young. But mm. I think sixteen might be a good idea where mm. where as people. Or become more aware of of uh, you know their their role in society. And then they the can make age. choices in yeah. terms of politics, and then and then they learn about how to deal with their finances and how to how to you know make their way through through mm-hmm. issues. You right. know yeah. whether it involves the court or not. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of that, and I, I, we find it like I find it a lot in FAS where 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 people just have a lot of difficulty dealing yeah. with with. Other people, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's a pretty yeah. basic. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty basic yeah. skill, right? So you need to be able. So to we're making a series of courses: <laughs> communication one hundred and one, <laughs> life one hundred and one. <laughs> well, anyway, 
Yeah. It's lofty, but yeah. uh, but it's it, true, though. but it, but we deal with all of these things. Just circling back to to the practice of law, we so it's, it's obviously there's a lot of moments where you're on your own in your office, yeah. not talking to anyone, and just doing your job as yeah. a lawyer. But but a lot of it is meeting with clients, uh, yeah. listening to them, uh, taking down uh, notes, mm-hmm. you know, to to be able to to to. Um, uh, take in the information and, and use it in a useful way to help them in their particular situation. Um, you know, and, and also making sure that uh, people are providing you with useful information and not not really, because people will some, sometimes go go off on on tan, tangents yeah. and then just talk about things that they think are really important. Yeah, and obviously that that would merit. Yeah. That's you know, hard like in your business, right? Because you can get, <clears throat> I can see customers going like right. way off field. Well, well, you have to yeah. listen to them because if yeah. you, if you don't, they'll say, well, you know, you're, you're not hearing me. So, yeah. so they, they have to feel heard. Yeah. But in the same way, you have to use all of your experience that you've amassed over the years to, uh, to try to, to, to channel them into, right. into a direction where they, they, they're, they're, they're working right. with you as a team, right? Where, you know, you're working together for, they, they, in, in terms of them providing you with useful information to, to help their particular situation, right? So, yeah. that, that's, that's the, 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 the difficult to yeah. balance to reach sometimes. Yeah, I had a, I had a friend of mine that, uh, he was going through family law separation, quite bad one, and he's, he's quite a talker. And he says, he goes, my lawyer one day sat me down and he goes, listen, he goes, I love you, you're great, I love your stories, he goes, but you're paying me 400 bucks an hour, go get a therapist, it's half the price. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's just it's difficult for them again to yeah. see what's important or not and our job is to filter the important mm. facts and aspects that we need to do our job properly right. without offending them and making them feel like they're not being heard by nobody 100% um, so you guys see all aspects because you have a real estate practice too right so you see young couples coming together or not just young couples couples of any age coming mm-hmm. together um, and getting a house and we talked a lot about uh, prenups cohabitation agreements um, what do you guys how do you guys deal with those in your how do you broach them? Do you broach them with couples in general, or do you wait till they bring it up? What have you seen? Well, sometimes they're 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 forced into it because mm. maybe that that a parent has uh, decided to give them like fifty thousand dollars towards the purchase of a home. Yeah. So so the, the, let's say the, the the parents are are you know want to make sure that. Uh, if that that fifty thousand dollars stays on their side of the family essentially, right. then they 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 might want to mm-hmm. ask their son or their daughter, you know, um, whichever it may be, depending on the circumstances, to uh, to have a cohabitation agreement to make mm-hmm. sure that if if the parties ever separate or if uh, one of the parties ever dies, then then that we don't have to treat that 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 particular yeah. gift. Right. You know, we want to make sure that it doesn't sort of become commingled into family assets right. and become a, a subject of a dispute. Because right. I think it's a big myth, right? People say when you talk about cohabitation agreements, they, they think, oh, if, if you want that, it's you don't love me. Yeah. Mm. No, and I've had that question asked to me how they're bringing it up to my partner. Right. It's mm-hmm. a tough discussion, of mm-hmm. course. It's not an easy one because people say, oh, that you think we're going to break up. Right. You're expecting the worst. Mm-hmm. You expect that we're not going to end up together. Um, it's yeah. it's part of life, and I think it's uh, if you have that conversation uh, in the way that you're not trying to be mean or aggressive or trying to say like mm-hmm. uh, I know you're gonna try to steal my money. Right. <laughs> it's a way to protect both parties in one yeah. way, and it's not a a contract that is only written on one part. Right. That other party is gonna have a chance to review it with the other lawyer mm-hmm. and make changes to yeah. make sure that Balancing. their wishes is also protected. Right. Yeah. So I think it's just to give uh, those. Keywords to the parties to mm. make sure that nobody gets offended and they understand the yeah. the basic of it. I think it's more and more popular. I see it more for clients that have mm. a second relationship right. that went through a first separation. Well, it's and different, right? The, most relationships now that I've been mm-hmm. seeing, it's not like you're 19 years old, you're both getting together married, yeah. you have nothing, and you're building a life together. Okay, yeah. that's fine. You're equal coming in. Exactly. Now you have multiple kids, kids from multiple spouses. There's... Um, it is complex, you know, different pensions, different jobs, different credit requirements. Like we just had one client that he was in exceptional credit, and then when we pulled the wife's credit, she was really sloppy, and it was really it was like night and day, which I don't usually see because most couples tend to have similar credit profiles. But she's like, oh, don't talk to my husband about my credit, you know. So it, yeah, it was kind of like okay, you know, big notes in the file, you know. Mm-hmm. But 
Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing you need to make sure. Well, I think communication and those kind of agreement is yeah. like very important right. to make sure there's nobody trying to hide anything from the other one. Yeah. Uh, we do disclosure. You have to. Well, yeah. we have to. It's yeah. Very much recommended. For sure. Well, I've seen um, somewhere couples have a kid. I mean, there's all kinds of examples, right? But lady or, or husband has has a, a boy or girl or whatever from relationship one number one, really young, get married number two. Okay, they can raise the kids, you know, 10, 15 years later. Those kids are really, you know, stepdad is dad. Mm-hmm. But then what happens if spouse one dies? Mm-hmm. Right? What is that? And if it's not papered right, you know, what did that stepdad have any parents or any rights? You know, there's all these kind of things that people don't think about to yeah. have these conversations. And I think it's important to have them. Uh, if you have a business, I've seen it a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of disclosure when you have a business, though. Yeah. It's a lot of exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the cohabitation agreement for now are more done for protecting assets than uh, because you right. can uh, you can discuss child support in a cohabitation agreement. Right. So what's like, the difference of that? So talk about that cohabitation versus prenup. Like, what's the uh, it'd be similar. Usually a cohabitation agreement is going to become your marriage contract if you decide to marry. Okay. Um, nowadays, a lot of people decide not to get married. Yeah. Uh, when you are a married couple, you have different rights and obligations as well, so it's important to know the difference. Hmm. So when you do a cohabitation, it's uh, a lot of people, like you said, are not going to get married right away. They're going to move in together in a house, right. and five years they're going to get married. Yeah. But what about that five years that they were not? There's mm-hmm. still some rights, obligation, and if you want to protect, protect your assets, it's important yeah. to do it before you get married because yeah. that might be in five years and it might be too late if you separate before sure. that. Um, yeah. And <clears throat> it varies too depending on when when you're you're entering into your, your cohabitation mm-hmm. agreement or marriage contract or um, in terms of let's say it's two young young people uh, that, mm-hmm. that don't yet have kids. Right. Uh, sometimes they'll they'll wanna exclude an asset from from equalization in the event of death or separation at a later date so so that 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 can be a very simple thing but you wouldn't want to put in very intricate clauses about uh, trying to predetermine spousal support or these things that right. sometimes we see it but it, it's very complicated mm-hmm. you don't know what the what the family constellation will look like in 15 20 years right right so so you have to be really careful to to to, to um, tread lightly and to, mm-hmm. to, to have a very measured approach yeah what I what I see sometimes in in these cohabitation agreements for marriage contracts is uh, lawyers and clients wanting to um, you know cover too too many areas mm-hmm. so so sometimes you you'll 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 you'll, you'll see like a, a spousal support waiver where, where the parties as, as mm-hmm. I was saying don't yet have kids very young they don't know what will happen in the future mm-hmm. so that like, we can imagine that let's say uh, parties enter into such an agreement with a waiver of spousal support and the, both parties are very young they haven't had kids and then parties eventually separate 20 years later yeah. they've, they've got two or two or three kids uh, one, of the, one of the parties is earning uh, mm-hmm. considerably more than the other uh, it can create situations that are that very, very up? difficult. Yeah, yeah that, that that would sort of lend itself to a, a potential challenge in front of the courts, yeah. uh, where where people would say, "Well, no, like that, that shouldn't have been." You know, they, the parties couldn't couldn't reasonably contemplate what would happen in the future. Right. Um, Interesting. So, so that's that's something where you have to be really careful and not uh, sort of overdraft yeah. in a way where you're mm-hmm. like you're just. Putting in these extra clauses that right. don't really need to be there, right? And yeah. trying to cover too many areas. So you got to find that balance, right? And then that's the thing with with family law. Like, sadly, I, I don't want to sort of, you know, advocate for my for my practice, but you, you know, people don't usually want to have to deal with lawyers, but they yeah. do. And uh, if and if they don't want to deal with lawyers, they they. They want to deal with family lawyers even less, right? right? <laughs> you know? There's a whole lot of jokes about that. <laughs> that's right. No, but that's that's the thing, right? Yeah. So, so, but but we're we're there to to you know help people throughout throughout their life. Yeah. You know, there's different circumstances. Yeah. You need to, to to think about it. Like, do I need a family lawyer in the, these particular circumstances? So sometimes we get referrals from uh, other other lawyers are saying, "Well, I don't practice in that area. Perhaps you would like to, to deal with this particular client." Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's, uh, yeah, as she was saying, um, 
requested by by partners in a business where they're saying, mm-hmm. well, I, I don't want to be uh, bound by by any of uh, the the issues you might have in your particular relationship. I don't want it to affect the business, yeah. so I want you want to make sure you you have a marriage contract to say, mm-hmm. well, if you separate, it's not going to affect our business. Yeah, the husband or, and the wife's not going to show up on the board of directors, well, right? That's right. It. So, so there's they mm-hmm. don't want to get into it too much, but that that that's there's certainly a big area. Yeah. Um, sometimes uh, you'll you'll get real estate lawyers uh, send sending clients saying, okay, mm-hmm. these these people really need a. Uh, marriage contract or a co- cohabitation agreement to, to make sure that uh, that you know in the event they separate or so one of the parties dies the, the, the outcome will be fair and predictable and mm-hmm. you know so so sometimes people don't recognize the need themselves but the other professionals are sending us the, the, That's the great. clients you know. the bank sent us some for mm-hmm. uh, well separation agreement of course but even cohabitation agreement they started mm-hmm. to uh, Request yeah. cohabitation. Oh, really? The banks are requesting. I haven't seen I that. Had, wow. I had one file where that was a interesting, and I was like, a cohab. They're yeah. like, yes. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, was, uh, what do you guys? So, if a couple wants to get a cohabitation agreement, what can they expect? How long does it take? What's roughly what it would cost? Like, what's? I know it's a broad. Yeah, it always it, depends. It depends yeah. on the parties. I've had cohabitation agreement that went super quickly. Everybody really knew what they wanted. Mm. They had already talked basically about everything. Yeah. So the aspect that were had to be done are very quickly. Mm-hmm. Also depends if you're doing the independent legal advice or if you're drafting it. Right. Okay. Because um, usually one partner and his lawyer is going to draft, and they send it to our office. Then we just review our client, give our advice, and then uh, okay. make changes or sign as is if that's what the client wants for. Um, and depends on if the disclosure was also all done. Right. So it's very much we we have an hourly rate because mm-hmm. it can go from. Okay. A small amount to such a bigger bill, depending on, on how, long. how much time we have to actually spend on this. Right. Uh, it, again, if it's like a business mm. where we have disclosures for days. <laughs> right, yeah, it can get really, really <laughs> complicated. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, so I would say it depends. We use questionnaire, which I find are very helpful because mm. sometimes the clients don't know exactly what we need. Oh. So by having a questionnaire, they have the time to do it at home so they don't mm. have to talk to me for three hours. Yeah. They can actually just do it themselves. Nice. Right, what they want, what they're seeking into a cohabitation, what they think is is important to protect, and what they're looking for yeah. exactly. Perfect. So, when then when I get the document, the questionnaire back, I can yeah. just do my part in drafting yeah. it and giving them a, a draft for right. their review. I think that is very efficient and cost effective. Yeah. Um, for me, it's my I think that's great preferred practice to do. Yeah, well, this cir- circles back to this whole idea. Trying to be prepared, uh, having your questions all lined up mm-hmm. before you meet meet with you being know, organized. Not, not only lawyers, accountants, yeah. all these people. You know, you just if you if you mm-hmm. you have your documents uh, all organized and you know what you want, then uh, it'll be easier for sure. That's half the battle in the mortgage business is that we're just collecting the docs, getting them in a proper format, <laughs> and organizing them right yeah. so we can put them together. And we've had some clients send bank statements with everything blacked out. I'm like, well, that's useless. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, know, you need to see the values. And we've had that too. Yeah. Where I get bank statements that are blacked out. Like yeah. You need to disclose yeah. what's in it. <laughs> exactly. Um, so sometimes it's a little bit of a you know negative conversation that people don't always like to talk about. But if you guys, because you've dealt with both sides of the fence, happy couples and couples that are amicable with splitting up, but also the really contentious ones, if they're if a client is listening to this and they if it's going through some domestic violence or it's a really difficult situation, what's the first step? What should they do, uh, or what do you recommend to do to for clients like in that situation? In a domestic violence? Well, I mean, obviously, if it's violence, obviously call nine one one, and you know for sure. But I mean, if somebody's in a in a situation that's really difficult or really one party is excessively, you know, difficult to deal with, or um, what kind of advice do you give? Is there what services should they engage or call you first, and you'll help direct them, like? There's definitely services they can look forward to help them in the more personal aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, legally, if it's abusive, uh, court might be like mm-hmm. the sh- right answer because then you mm-hmm. can prepare motion documents if you need the one party to leave the home. Right. So you can have possession of that home yeah. and not be in that kind of environment where you're not mm-hmm. sure if it's going to be abuse and things like that. Yeah. Um, and there, there, there are obligations to report to. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so like you, I guess my advice there would be to to speak to the people that are around you. You know, yeah. communication is really important. Uh, you know, uh, a parent who's who's uh, living through very very difficult times with with uh, with another spouse can discuss it with the school principal, a teacher, mm-hmm. a, a psychologist, uh, their doctor, mm-hmm. uh, even uh, lawyers, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and you guys obviously are confidential, right? So somebody can call you, and it's there's there's no right. Hmm. right. And, and but I guess my point is that you we, we have a, an, an obligation to report if we find that that there's a situation that's clearly very violent hmm. and uh, right. and uh, and dangerous. Then we we would we would have to report it, right? right? right. So so. Sometimes people think, "Well, I don't know where to turn to." But I think right. the important thing is really to to, to, to have the courage to, to to discuss it and not let situations uh, right. continue on for long periods of time un- uh, unchecked. You know, so yeah. that's what I find. Sometimes people say, "Well, I was living through this abusive relationship that lasted years and years." Well. Like are they, they're, 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 there's the there's the whole sort of dy- dynamic there of, of abuse. That first that step is so hard, it, right? Yeah. Just to break and break the abuse, yeah. And I find when they start talking to us, that <coughs> they usually have talked to someone else. Okay, they'll bring a support uh, person mm-hmm. with them. So sometimes a support worker in a professional yeah. field. Yeah. I've seen that, that where the the client asks us, "Is it okay if I bring my support of course, yeah. worker?" Of course, it is. Yeah. Like they're there to support you. Yeah. Um, so in my experience that I've had, mm-hmm. uh, my client had already had the cur- courage to mm-hmm. go find those services that could help them in their personal right. life and they were the one telling mm-hmm. them you should seek legal right. advice to get out of this yeah. situation and you know what your rights mm-hmm. in that kind of situation. So how do they find those services? Is there a website to go to or do you know is there an organization here in Ottawa that um, that can help direct people? If you don't well, want to top of your head that's okay well, we can put it in the show notes. After, usually right? family doctors will refer them to uh, different psychologists, but there's also Le Royale, yeah. uh, where I went for a conference. Uh, they were offering a conference for lawyers yeah. and uh, to talk about their services. And I think yeah. the uh, the bar and the CCLA are mm. making it more and more important for us to understand where those resources are so, yeah. and who they are and who right. they can help. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've met mm. multiple people throughout mm. your career that you can help and try to refer because yeah. it's scary right some of those people definitely yeah. in those situations they don't know where to go they're even scared to google search something right it's because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you don't it's google right you right. don't really know yeah next thing i'm seeing ads all over the place like, i i like when i went to the conference at le royale i thought they had they did a really good job to explain to us yeah. us what can be done and Perfect. also what to do when you have a client yeah. in that kind of situation how to help them yeah. Perfect. Um, and it, sometimes there's a bit of a stigma people say well I don't want to appear weak. Mm-hmm. I don't want to admit that I'm going mm-hmm. to see a psychologist. I don't want to admit that I, I need to reach out to you know mm-hmm. third parties mm-hmm. for help. Well, mm-hmm. uh, you find this a lot uh, uh, sometimes in uh, in uh, in um, clients that that are engaged in in, in pro- professional fields where where they're in a position of authority. Yeah. Sometimes they they have. A lot of difficulty admitting that they're they're, they're going through hard times and right. they need help, right? Yeah. So, so that's that, that's really important. It's a good message to send out there to, to say, well, you know, like the separation, family law issues are very, very taxing, very difficult on people. Uh, you know, maybe you do need help for a little while, yeah. right? And it's trying to find that balance through reaching out to, to third parties, professionals. Also, like making sure that anytime you're you're going through difficult times in in your life in terms of a relationship, that relationship that you try to mm-hmm. um, aim to, to 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 seek more balance in your life yeah. uh, through exercise, through you know sleeping properly, right? Mm-hmm. Like like this is a silly thing, like drinking lots of mm-hmm. water, like like the basic mm-hmm. things of life, where where sometimes when you're having difficulties, you, you just lose track of what's important. And and you know making sure you're well surrounded with uh, with friends and people that that can be there for you and and you you'll find that people are you know you are are typically very supportive in these types of situations because you you can understand like like anyone can understand that yeah. it's difficult to go oh, through yeah. a, through a separation and, and, and relationship issues right it's interesting you bring up the high performers because in not seeking help and I've had a lot of my clients and friends that have you know, coached a little bit and said to him, guys, you know, yeah, it's okay to go see a social worker, a therapist, psychologist, whatever. you got to look at it like all the professional, and I love using sports analogies, all the professional sports players, you know, Tiger Woods and, and whoever, whatever sport you follow, if you look at the top of their game, they have coaches. Mm-hmm. Sometimes two or three or four coaches. You know, somebody's helping the golfer with the swing, somebody's helping with their chipping, somebody's helping with their putting. And that's normal. You can't be an expert. You can't go through everything on your own. So it's not a shame to, to go and get help to be 
you know, because you're dealing with this specific issue that you don't deal with every day. So, and also, I was not trained to be a psychologist, yeah. so I think it's important for our clients to realize that there's are limits for me to be providing them with yeah. help in their life that they need that extra support from another professional who's yeah. going to be able to to be there for that specific aspect of their mm-hmm. life they're having difficulties which right. is just going to be beneficial for the rest of what's happening in right. their life absolutely no, and, that's, and it's true like in a way it's kind of a funny thing like there, there are more natural relationships sometimes it, like uh, lawyers and accountants like mm-hmm. it's like a go-to kind yeah. of thing and like I think lawyers will have more of a tendency to speak to accountants right. like, mm-hmm. like we kind of in a way we kind of speak the, the same yeah. type of language but I think there are people in different fields that sh- should should be talking more. Yeah. Like there's the psychologists and then, yeah. you know uh, family doctors, family lawyers. Like, you know, you, yeah. you, 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 sometimes we're sort of s- so stuck um, uh, practicing in our specific areas that yeah. we kind of lose lose sight of that. You know, we, we can't do it all. We're trying to help people with a certain set of issues, and where we're we're, we're, we're we find that we're kind of going over that little limit, then we have to make sure we refer out. Yeah. You know, I, it'll happen sometimes in the wills and estates matters where mm-hmm. if, if, if I'm trying to assess whether a person is mentally competent or fit mm-hmm. to, to, to enter into a will, mm-hmm. sometimes I have to reach out to a, a, a doctor, a, a family doctor, or prefer, even preferably mm-hmm. a psychiatrist to, to just tell me, like, please meet this person and let me know if this person is, is really able to, to give me instructions to, to prepare a new will or powers of attorney. So so you, you need to have those reflexes to say, okay, okay, I, I want to be absolutely sure here. Right. I'm going to look elsewhere and then and, and get that advice and, and, and extra help from another professional. It's interesting you bring up about being stuck in our lane sometimes. There's quite often on the finance side and separation, um, I have the family law lawyers on one side or the other saying, we need to structure it this way. You're going to get, you know, you, you got to pay out your spouse this or the monthly payments are, are X or, or I'm going to receive X or whatever. Um, and they don't really impact how it's going to f- affect them financially for the next little while. So I've had lots of clients who say, get a draft agreement. You know, let's talk about it. Talk with your bank about it and realize, oh, you can get a thousand, you can pay your spouse a thousand bucks a month, but then you can't afford to buy the house. Mm-hmm. You know, if you give her a lump sum or him a lump sum, but you, then there is no ongoing support for the next five years. The math could work out the same depending on the agreements. Then you can afford to buy the house. There's, there is negotiation is done based yeah. on that. Some people yeah. are going to say like, "Well, I need to be able to afford a house, so yeah. I need that lump, uh, I need that payment mm. every month for yeah. the bank to think I have a bigger income." Right. So we've had to to make sure in our agreement to protect our client on that way. If right. she needs or he needs that yeah. monthly payment yeah. to qualify, then we'll push to have that in the agreement. Exactly. And opposite if it's on the other yeah. on the other side of the fence. And I think it's important for us to understand all of those aspects that. Yeah, I can do an agreement where yeah, she lets do a monthly, mm. but I have to think about the consequences of that for my client. Exactly. On the long run, if yeah. he is or he, she is trying to qualify for yeah. a home, yeah. I think having that discussion with all those professionals yeah. and calling that broker, calling yeah. that accountant, yeah. it's important to not yeah. be. So, we're talking about the goals, right? What are they yeah. trying to achieve versus what's less the bigger ju- picture? What's the bigger picture? And, and that's the beauty of negotiation yeah. outside of the court system because mm-hmm. obviously. Judges are wonderful people. They're very learned. They, 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 but they, they have to, to, to pick a side, essentially, right. especially in, in the context of, uh, of contested motions or trials or whatnot. Yeah. Obviously, judges play a role in, in trying to mediate things mm-hmm. also if, if you're in the context of a settlement conference or a right. case conference at the beginning yeah. of the, the matter. Or, or you know, in the, in the context of the matter where you're mm-hmm. trying to find solutions and help people yeah. uh, resolve the the issues without having to go to that next uh, yeah. conflictual step, essentially. Right. But if you're if you're negotiating in the context of mediation or a four way meeting, and you're 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 looking at these mm-hmm. these um, different perspectives and saying, well, this is what I'm looking for. In this process, and then the other person says, "Well, these are my goals and preferences." And then you try to bring these the the, the parties mm-hmm. together in terms of of making sure that uh, in the end everyone right. kind of gets what they want, yeah. and then kind of feels that they've given given up, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit, right? So, yeah. so, so I find a good negotiation good negotiation is is always one where no one's absolutely 
happy about the outcome, but they 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 find that that they, they kind of they're equally miserable. Yeah, they kind of <laughs> got they kind of got out of a really difficult situation, yeah. and then they can move on with their lives. Yeah. And I think that's what you you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. saying, well, where do you see yourself like yeah. in a couple of years? Yeah. Because there, I have to say that the the the, the stress of being involved in in the litigation and, and even uh, in, 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 a, in a family law matter mm-hmm. for, for a protracted period of time really affects people on, a, on an individual basis, oh, sure. but also affects their children and their, their yeah. friends and their family. So yeah. it has repercussions for, yeah. for you know, like wide re- repercussions. That's why you, when we go back to our comments from before, you want to make sure you're as organized as possible. Yeah. You're working with the the required professionals to make sure that you, you come to a, to an, yeah. an end product that that that's livable and where where people can move right. on with their lives. Yeah. Because you know relationships don't always work out, mm-hmm. but uh, life mm-hmm. life continues on. And 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 you, in a way, you you have to just sort of look at it as a more holistic mm-hmm. kind of approach. Where you're not saying if I don't. You, win my point on this you know it's gonna you know i'm, I'm not going to be able to live live with myself in the future right. usually doesn't work out like that yeah. usually people get their final order in in the context of a court proceedings or get their separation agreement or even mm-hmm. get you know get enter into a cohabitation agreement or a marriage contract and then they stick it into a drawer in their filing system yeah. and then they don't really look at it for many many years yeah. like obviously we we get the case where they need to pull it out because there's right. some issues but but mostly once you're done dealing with the family law lawyers, you don't want to hear anything no. about family law anymore. You want just want to don't move send on me with that your Christmas life. Card. Right, that's <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so I guess that that's really the goal where you're saying, well, okay, yeah. help me move on with my life, right? Right. And when you're when you're in a long pro, court pro, process and mm-hmm. it takes years and years and years, yeah. it's hard for the to move on and yes. to actually get on with your life and do something else because all you're thinking about is that difficult cases in your life that's affecting yeah. every aspect. Yeah. Your, your um, kids, your friends, your job, your yeah, health. Yeah. Your and then you're, there's always more and more disclosure as yeah. the longer, the longer, the longer it happens. So it's it's very difficult for them to be able yeah. to to continue in a more positive way. 100%. I agree. So I guess to, to kind of summarize, somebody going through the family law side, get organized <laughs> as much as possible, <laughs> right? Really get organized. <laughs> um, if you, you know, print more paper than less, right? And put it in some kind of good format. Um, how does somebody choose a family law lawyer? Like, where do they go? How do you decide who's a good lawyer, a bad lawyer? Um, is there like interview questions that you would love customers if they came to you and said, what, you know, tell me about you? you know, like, how, what would you advise customers? I think it needs to be a good fit. Hmm. Um, you see it sometimes when you have a lawyer who's not a good fit with their client. It just clashes and just things yeah. are very difficult to move on. It's okay if you don't take mm. me, for example, mm. if you think we're not a good fit, yeah. because at the end of the day, I want to make sure that you are comfortable in uh, our client uh, privilege relationship, yeah. and I want to make sure that there's there's yeah. no issue there. So I think it's important to have an open dialogue with your lawyer, and mm. if you have an issue, to discuss it, because right. it's, I, I can't be in your mind all the time. Right. I don't know what you're thinking, so if you don't tell me, I won't know. Mm-hmm. So for me, communication and being open dialogue is very mm-hmm. important yeah. uh, with my client. I always like to have an initial telephone call or a meeting to okay. see if it's a good fit, yeah. if you like my, the way I, I give you my advice or the way I think or the way I want to approach this. Right. You need to, the client needs to be comfortable in the whole process, right? right. Of course, they're not going to always agree with you no. because they, they don't know everything right. and they, they sometimes don't see every mm-hmm. different uh, scenarios that could right. happen. Um, but I think that the 10 minute phone call just to see the personality yeah. or just come in the office to have that initial meeting. Yeah, that's great. And if you're, you're looking for a lawyer, you can, a, uh, a person that, that, that would want to find a lawyer could contact the Law Society. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a portal where they, 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 they offer yeah. a lawyer referral uh, yeah. service. Uh, Get uh, a thirty-minute uh, free consultation. Okay. Uh, our office is involved in that service, so we get a lot of uh, calls from potential clients through through that avenue. Um, a lot of clients uh, uh, are essentially returning clients of people that have dealt with us in the past, and they they've enjoyed the, the service they've received, uh, um, and uh, you know we were recommended essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we. 
another source of, uh, of referrals is essentially uh, referrals from other law firms mm-hmm. who who find that uh, they're they're able to work with us, <laughs> yeah. right? And then they send us clients, and they say, "Well, uh, please help us with with this particular client." I'm so glad I'm glad you brought that up because it's something I've noticed quite a bit. Is that there's some lawyers that work really well together, mm-hmm. and then some lawyers that don't work well together, it and <laughs> it makes a huge difference, right? Is is because at the end of the day, it comes back to what's that goal they're trying to achieve, mm-hmm. and. And so do you guys, I guess if it's not too contentious, you can say who's the lawyer you guys recommend. My spouse doesn't have one yet. And I assume you, I assume you recommend. Well, we would never recommend just one lawyer. Right. We would recommend, uh, like a, um, a host of different people that people mm-hmm. could, uh, could contact and they, and then they could find the, a lawyer that, that would be the right fit for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, just generally to your, to your point, um, I think, Collegiality and uh, and just uh, re- respect between between uh, uh, lawyers, even if mm-hmm. even if they're on different sides right. of, of of a matter, is really important. Yeah. Uh, you'll you'll uh, you'll have uh, many many clients go through your office, but mm-hmm. uh, um, the, the the legal community is a relatively small community. Yeah. So uh, you, you, for me, like s- since since I've been practicing for about fifteen years or so. I've always wanted to uh, to strive to 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 be that person that could, could be uh, mm-hmm. uh, understanding and and uh, cooperative when when I need to be, while uh, I'll be make, firm, make, right? Still while making mm-hmm. sure that, that I, I'm representing the interests of my of my client. Yeah. But uh, that that's sometimes difficult for clients to understand, where they say, "Well, you're you're speaking to the other lawyer, you're you're consenting to things, you're mm-hmm. you're you're making deals and all this." But yeah. obviously, that's part of Part of the the, the 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 business of being a lawyer, right. you have to work with with the other side. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we we really find that it's important to uh, always do it on on clear instructions and confirm right. our instructions. Make sure that the clients are on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, we meet with the clients to discuss options, and and once we sort of set out a plan, then then that can be uh, right. carried out through through discussions with 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 other lawyers. Yeah. And again. That that uh, uh, cordial uh, approach, essentially, uh, and collegial approach, can can be uh, carried through even 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 if you're at, you know in the context of a very litigious motion mm-hmm. or or a trial mm-hmm. uh, in the context of a four way meeting mediation yeah. whichever right yeah. if if you have that that uh, reputation that you're you're going mm-hmm. to defend your client's uh, rights and uh, uh, in the context of a file, but while while doing your job in a polite, polite and collegial way, I think I think it's a really it's a better way to to practice yeah. law. And uh, from a personal standpoint, I think it's a better way to to be able to practice law for a long period. Right. <laughs> if you yeah. if you if you're if you're becoming engulfed, but it helps the customers too, right? It, it helps does, your clients. It does, yeah. So you have to be able to be that uh, sort of. Uh, uh, you know, go-to person that, right. that's able to, to to help people have a sober second thought on right. uh, and get to move away from knee-jerk kind of reactions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes and we see it a lot, and especially in this era of emails and quick <laughs> communication, mm-hmm. people are very very quick to respond and to kick yeah. back and yeah. and to, to you know just say things that they yeah. regret immediately. Right. So so I think uh, it's our job as lawyers to say well. Let's really think this through. Make make sure we've got a good plan here. We're making a proposal that makes sense. Yeah. And then, uh, I think, as you say, I think that really helps people yeah. in the long run. It's funny. I was listening to a podcast today, actually, on my way here, and it said one of the efficiency tools because you're talking about efficiency, but um, was when you get emails in that's something you might want to respond to, those kind of things. It goes save it, look at it the next day, or yeah. something you're writing, especially if it's a, a highly inflammatory email or something very emotional. You know, save it as a draft read it tomorrow mm-hmm. and then you'd be shocked the next day your thoughts are completely different than uh, than they are in that day and when we went I think you were there that year uh, to oh. the annual yeah. institute of family law uh, it's a conference where yeah. most family lawyers in Ottawa go to yeah. because it's, there's a great uh, panels and usually judges yeah. go by as well to make presentation and talk about speaking point don't remember which judge but they said you're not your client's cheerleader right 
you just don't represent your client, you represent the, the system, the justice system. So you need to, to keep a little bit of distance and don't get, I think, and I, I, I like to, to think that I don't get too emotional mm. in my case when I respond to lawyer. Yeah, when you get that letter, that email, you can be like, yeah. have that moment. But again, mm. write your letter and reread it the next day yeah. before you send it. Because 100%. it's important to to keep that, that relationship and to keep that professionalism, yeah. in my opinion. All right. So, guys, thank you very much. It was, it was amazing that uh, some of the insights you're giving to couples, um, both going through separation and starting, um, I think it's invaluable. Um, before we wrap up for the day, is there anything you'd like to give out as potential advice to young couples that are just getting in that situation or starting a marriage or be open to have the conversation? Hmm. Don't think right away offended, aggressive or things like that. Just be open to it. Um, yeah. Nowadays, I think it's more and more popular, but there's still that stigma to it. Yeah. And I think it's important to keep a, an open mind, mind to the to talk to your partner about it right. and to keep it respectful and if it's for a cohabitation yeah. agreement, yeah. even for separation agreement, think bigger picture, think bigger picture. and yeah. don't get stuck in your emotion, even though it's very difficult yeah. and I can understand that, but talk to the professionals that could help right. you see. Yeah. And for the, for the people that get really, that they're amicable, um, like my first divorce was, um, you know, obviously still very emotional, but we realized that just, we were friends and it just didn't work out. We realized that, you know, hey, we're going to move on and we're actually, we're still friends to this day. It was sort of, you know, okay, I'm going to get this. We're, we, we sat down to buy the assets and we went to go see the lawyer. We said, listen, we're separating. Here's what we'd like an agreement written up. Do you guys see that often or? Sometimes. Yeah. I always get surprised. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. usually it's not the, the but yeah, we've, I've seen yeah. it too. And it makes the process a lot easier for everybody because yeah. basically it's a meeting, drafting, some exchange changes, yeah. and then it's done and they can move on with their life. Right. But we still have to make sure that, uh, that, uh, you know, an important thing when you're practicing law is to know who your client is. Right. So, so if you if you're retained by one of the parties, you have to go through the agreement. Yeah. Uh, or you still have to represent somebody, right? Yeah. And if you yeah. have the, the if the agreement is kind of rough, then we would clean it up, yeah. make sure that the the, the, the parties under, understand fully what they're entering into in terms mm -hmm. of an agreement. Uh, that we're meeting the the objectives and the guidelines yeah. as set out in the family family law act in terms right. of making sure that the, the agreement will be properly witnessed mm -hmm. that as proper uh, both parties have obtained uh, proper independent legal advice mm -hmm. and if they're not getting advice then that they understand the consequences of right. waiving their right to obtaining independent legal advice um, and uh, and also that uh, that there's a sufficient disclosure in in the agreement whether it be a, a Cohabitation agreement, marriage contract, separation agreement, whichever. Enough inf information in terms of financial and income disclosure that the parties are able to, to um, um, communicate through the agreement exactly what the situation is right. in, in a in a way that would allow a third party and an independent third party that knows nothing about the situation to read the agreement. And understand it in context okay. because the, yeah. the, the, the financial disclosure gives the agreement context. Yeah. Things can be very different if people have very different uh, sort of uh, incomes and uh, mm -hmm. and and at uh, different levels. Uh, you know, if one party is much much wealthier than the other, right. it changes the whole agreement. Right. It's a different agreement than if, if the, both parties have equivalent incomes and, and comparable right. assets and liabilities. So so it's very, very important to, to make sure that the agreement and any agreement that's prepared will will, will stand up and yeah. that it properly reflects the uh, the the objectives of both parties. So we talked we've said a few times about being prepared. Um, and I realized we didn't actually say what does that mean? Like what paperwork should they come with? What uh, for the initial yeah. meeting I asked to have uh, income tax return for the past three years. For both parties. If, you can. Uh, yes. if they can, if not they can. everybody they have, yeah. but at least they're like the clients, okay. so we can at least have that in the file. And then it's 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 fact based, right? So yeah. if they don't have a house, I don't need to right. know what the house is valued. So usually at the initial meeting, we make kind of a list of what I need hmm. and give them homeworks, right. so they know next time to send it to me by email, drop it off at the office, whatever is yeah. be better for them. Um, I try not to overwhelm the clients before the first yeah. meeting because I don't want them to feel like they. Right, they come with this big massive yeah. box <laughs> like of stuff, they right? They spend like two, two weeks preparing for yeah. something that I don't need, right. right? So I prefer having my initial meeting with just having like the past two year, your pay stubs and mm -hmm. things that are simple to get usually. Yeah. 
and then go through a list of what will need going on forward and explain to them the financial statement that we'll have to fill out. Right. Because that gives them like a template of yeah. what to do. That's how I prefer to do it. It's easier than to explain on the phone. Right, for sure. Everything that I'll, I'll potentially need. Yeah. And then the questionnaire that we send out yeah, uh, is very too. useful too. Mm -hmm. like so you got a divorce questionnaire as well or a separation questionnaire uh, as well? So we have for separation agreement and cohabitation agreement mm -hmm. or marriage contract, we have both questionnaire. For court proceedings, uh, we it's just different. give the actual right. financial statement. Right. Um, but we right. go through it at the end of yeah, the yeah, 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 to just explain it's very... We've done it many, many times, but obviously yeah. it can be be very overwhelming for yeah. for, for parties uh, or for clients at times. But uh, but you know, try to be very personable, yeah. explain it as as best we can, yeah. and uh, you know, obviously once you. Uh, retain the services of a lawyer they're, they're there to help you throughout the whole process yeah, you're really like you know guides right through this and a lot of people don't understand what you guys really do and I think another thing to have to be prepared is more for the client to prepare a list of questions they want so when they leave the meeting they don't feel like they, they wasted sometimes yeah. or they forgot to ask a bunch of oh, things that's a good idea. because once they get to the meeting sometimes they just they go on yeah. those tangent and they start talking about other things and they forget about all those little questions yeah. they actually had so come with a financial so snapshot and yeah. a list of questions uh, that are important that to them. Or important to you that you want to go through. Yeah. Because they, they'll usually have like at least a couple of days or even a week or two yeah. before they meet with us, right. depending on their schedule and hours. So I think having those, then at the end of the meeting, I've seen clients go through their questions, see nice. if they had answered great. everything. So they leave the meeting happy, mm -hmm. then we go on and start working on their That's files. And is there any cost for the initial meeting with you guys? Usually, or you get there's a half an hour pre right when when we we find find that the the per person is uh, intending to retain our services, obviously then we we'll have the the, the, the party uh, enter into a, a retainer agreement and we'll right. explain the terms and all this, and then obviously the a relationship mm -hmm. is created. Yeah. But, but the, the the first half hour or so, so is the just a, meeting, no a cost, meet yeah. and greet type yeah. of meeting mm -hmm. just to find out, as she was indicating before, whether or not it's a good fit. Right. And we have people sometimes shopping around and they'll we'll go to a couple of different lawyers. And, yeah. and that's okay, they, right? You want that fine. good fit. Yeah. It's fine. You, 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 clients want 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 to, to be able to work with their, their lawyers and lawyers want to be able to work with their clients. So yeah, absolutely. It goes both ways. Yeah, That's wonderful. Well, thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and yeah. Great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>